What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Welcome to Right and Wrong. This is the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me as always over there is my good friend, producer Juice. Truthbox, what do you got to say to the folks out there in the audience today, my friend? All right, time to put up the Christmas decorations. First, ethnically accurate Jesus goes right here next to Father Mary and Mother Josephine, followed closely by the three genderless wise people on their bird scooters, Tig Nataro for some reason, and of course, the little drummer them, because God forbid we call a boy a boy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. Thank you so much for those. I always get excited to hear what you're going to say this week, my friend. Uh, keep up that great work. On today's show, this is our go-home episode of the season. It's going to be the last right and wrong of 2022, and I'm actually going back home to Boston for the Christmas season, so going to take a mini break there during all that, but um, yeah, this will be the end of it for this uh, calendar year. Can't believe we made it this far. On this episode, um, we will reflect on everything that has happened with the show, a couple of uh, stuff that we've enjoy doing and kind of make it a fun uh, episode for you guys, the audience, our loyal fans out there. And we uh, hopefully can look forward to what's in store for 2023. We see this week as an opportunity to say thank you to our loyal listeners out there and give you guys a little bit of uh, fun and a chance to kind of make fun of me maybe a little bit. So it should be, a, should be an upbeat, fun, pleasant episode this week. We're going to kind of leave the news stories uh, to the side this week and just have a little bit more fun. And I guess with that being said, might as well be that time in the show when we welcome in our good friend, Mr. Rick Flair, because it is showtime, baby. Woo! Showtime! Woo! Woo! So we started the Right and Wrong podcast back on March 1st. That was our very first episode, and... Boy, what a journey we've been on. Uh, I appreciate every one of you who's remained loyal, listens, and tunes in every week. I especially appreciate the people in my life, uh, mainly my producer and my wife, for having to listen to this stuff multiple times before they actually air, when I'm giving you guys the uh, you know previews of what I'm going to be talking about. So you guys have been great uh people that I can workshop with a little bit, bounce a few ideas off of, and help me formulate the thoughts in this crazy brain of mine so that they come out a little bit more coherent than when they first pop in there. So we started the show because I just got to the point in my life where I didn't want to pretend that important stuff doesn't matter anymore. I really just came to a point in my life, it was like one of those crossroads moments where you look around and, you know, we have plenty of friends, family, people in our lives that are awesome and it's great. And I love, you know, the life that we live. But I also got to the point where everything felt stale in a way where uh, the example I like to use is the just cocktail party conversation like, oh, how's work? How's the weather? Oh, got a blizzard coming. Like basic surface level conversation. What do you think of the patch this year? Oh, the bees look great. And that stuff's all well and good and it's fun. And I love talking about it. I'm a, a, grew up obsessed with sports. Um, I love movies. So like I could always quote movies with people. You know, I, I love just kind of chatting and getting people going. But I got to the point where that stuff didn't feel as fulfilling anymore, and it got to be a little frustrating because I look at the the world we live in and the the shallow society that we've become, the unjust, um, immoral, 
world that we live in. And it frustrates me. And that's the stuff I'd like to talk about. And that's the stuff I think is important. And that stuff is actually meaningful and deep. And you really can get to know somebody kind of going down those roads. And the frustrating thing was, you know, obviously nobody really wants to go there. Like that's that lesson we're always taught. Um, You know, my man Nick said it best one time, late night, two in the morning over a couple cocktails. But we're taught our whole lives to avoid politics and religion, right? When you go to a family party, when you get in polite society, oh, just don't talk politics and religion. And his point at the time was one that still sits with me to this day, because I think it's a great point. But why not? If you can't talk politics and religion with the people you love, with your family, with your close friends, how are you ever going to talk about that with people you don't know and don't trust and don't love? And that was just like a wow moment for me. It's And it, it it's just so true. And it's no wonder that the people on the college campuses, they cry over speech. They they protest someone simply trying to come give a, give a discussion on their campus about men being men and women being women. They can't handle that because they've avoided conversations like that their entire lives. They were taught by their parents and their parents' parents to, oh, don't talk about that, but... What are you getting in in school? You get all A's and B's? Oh, awesome. Oh, what's going on with the Christmas play this year? Oh, you're going to be the this, that, and the other thing. Awesome. But never actually stop to think like what Christmas is all about, why it's important to carry on your religious traditions and values. It also bleeds into my frustration being up in Boston where I was with the situation going on with the with the church that I went to. Now, I I talked about it in some of our earlier episodes, but we, you know, growing up in Boston, there's a church almost every other block, and they used to be lively, vibrant communities and in religious, you know, gathering spots. Well, nobody goes anymore, nobody buys into it anymore, nobody is involved. So two churches, you know, within walking distance in my neighborhood combined and ended up being one parish. And they do church, you know, at one of them on Saturday, one on Sunday, you know, kind of flip-flop around. Now, one of them is set to be closed because they just can't sustain the buildings for two of them, and the people that live near the one that's going to be closed in that general neighborhood are all pissed off up in arms about it. And there's a elementary school that's right there with that church. And the thing that frustrates me is all the people that send their kids to that elementary school to avoid the Boston Public Schools rightfully so, because they try to teach fifth graders about transgender, non-binary BS. They're at this Catholic school, but they're not bought in. They're not, they don't believe. If they truly believed, if they bought in to the religion that they call themselves, then that church would be filled every week. Instead, they go to hockey tournaments, they go to basketball games, everything else comes first before church. And again, I get it. Um, I was that way for a long time in my life. Went to Catholic school my whole life, and you know I did go to church, but then into my 20s, I fell off on it. Got my kids baptized, but then never, never really kept up with it. Well, about six months, seven months before starting the show, I had my return to Jesus moment. I had my go back to the church moment, and it was just like a nagging feeling, a calling. And I was like, you know what, let me, let me just go back. And I have done that a couple other times and then just never, you know, went once or twice and then never went again. This time it stuck. I was able to form a great relationship with the priest in the parish, Father Chris, and he was a big part of, you know, helping me go and stay engaged because he, he gave a great service. And, um, Another big reason for me was I was out of work for a while with a back injury, which I actually won a a settlement against the city of Boston for trying to not pay me for some of that. Thank you very much. Uh, That's just a side note. But anyways, while I was out, uh, I started going to daily mass as well. And that was amazing. I'd go two or three times a week plus on Sunday. And the daily masses were awesome. It was super intimate. It'd be me and like five other old people. And it was awesome. But one of the realizations that hit me at that time was that 
this stuff is true, people. The stories in the Bible, the stories of Jesus, this stuff happened. It's real. And I don't think enough people realize that. And again, I'll I'll say myself included, because I used to think of the Bible and some of the stories as like good ways to teach an overall moral lesson, you know, like almost in the same vein as like um, fairy tale stories that that had a theme to them and in a way to teach kids how to behave and whatnot. And that's kind of the way I used to view it um, because I didn't really think about it like all that much. And it just hit me when you look at it and you realize it and you read these stories and you listen to the stories from the mindset of, nope, this is real. This is true. It's a life-changing experience. It really is. And that's what happened to me. And that's what leaded me down, leaded? <laughs> that's what led me down this path to want to share that message with the rest of you guys out there, with the rest of the audience. And my politics is what brought me back to the church. You know, COVID started in, in you know, March, April of 2020, and that really, you know, got me way more interested in the political scene, if you will. You know, I've always been on the outside, you know, dabbling in it, interested, but not super all in. And that just made me go all in because they just completely took over our lives and ruled with an iron fist. And my politics um, and my viewpoint there led me to want to go back to church and seek that out because, again, being a conservative, being a Republican, I think it goes hand in hand with being religious. That's that's where our principles come from. That's where our morals come from. That's what that's where human rights comes comes from. The natural law, like everything that this country was founded on, is grounded in religious values. And that's why I truly believe that they go hand in hand in there. It's super um confusing and misused when people try to say separation of church and state because it's not supposed to be keep the church completely out of everything. It's to say that the state can't come in and, and knock down your church. The, the state can't come in and declare, um, you know, that this church, you, you can't do that. I mean, we have in God, we trust printed on our money, one nation under God. Right, I made the point a few episodes ago that when people get sworn into office, they put their hand on the Bible. When you go into a courtroom, your hand gets placed on the Bible. So don't try to act like religion's separated from our public square, because it's not, and it never was intended to be. We've just allowed the leftists to make us think that way because they'd like to replace the Christian, moral, religious foundation that this country was founded on and replace it with their god of leftism, the god of wokeness, the god of transgenderism, the the god of you do you, man. If it feels good, do it. That's what they want to do. So that finally led me down the road of wanting to talk about this stuff and hopefully— change a few minds along the way, hopefully rally some more people and encourage more people into speaking up about this stuff, talking about this stuff, and again, talking about it in regular, polite conversation. It doesn't have to be yelling and screaming at each other, but it's much more interesting to talk to people about what's actually going on in the world and life and in our communities than to just hear, how's job going? How's work going? Oh, okay, great. Oh, you got a promotion? Oh, cool. Oh, all right. Awesome. Oh, you're making deals? You're doing that? Okay. Oh, great. That's just like, whatever. Great. I'm happy for you. I want you to make some money, do good in your career. But who are you? What makes you tick? What do you believe in? What do you value? And I don't think enough of us even ask ourselves that question. So hopefully 
you know, trying to talk about this stuff here on the show, trying to put myself out there a little bit more. I've been able to connect with a few people, um, and hopefully I've been able to get people to at least want to have conversations with each other. And that was the whole reason we wanted to start the show. And I'm so grateful that the truth box there was willing to produce and help me with the um, technical side of things because I am just not tech savvy whatsoever. Evidenced by the fact that we've been having trouble just trying to get a website up and running for about six months now. (laughs) But hopefully we get some stuff in the works for the year 2023, trying to uh, recruit the great Joskino to become the business manager and help us uh, really take this show to the next level. And we're hoping to be able to do that with you uh, coming along for the journey with us. I might end up uh, regretting having said this, but um, I did make a promise to the truth box over there, my producer, the great master of all truth. That if we did make it to a year, um, to the end of the year, that I would um, give him the green light to go ahead and um, hit me with the old blooper reel from all the stuff he cleans up uh, with my mistakes and hesitations and mispronunciations of words. So I regretfully um, inform you guys that you're about to probably get a good little chuckle going on now because the juice box has compiled something that is definitely going to embarrass me juice um um it's going to be painted with a completely um fabricated like formula i guess or, or, or very narrow broad stroke um come on man the right and wrong shit um controversy the right and wrong. <laughs> um, so today we're going to talk about Leah Thompson. Um, <laughs> they kick her to the can, and uh, I'm I, I'm not I'm not a heterosexual. Um, we got to make sure those. Um, um, col- <laughs> okay. Uh, I think um, sa- uh, a penis. Um, uh. <laughs> Never meant to look at Katie Bourne. I apologize, Your Honor. I'm sorry, Judge Jackson. Ooh, I am a creep. <sighs> okay. Uh, I think there's no easy answer. And there's no simp... Uh, it's... Uh, and, uh... <laughs> yet... <clears throat> that kind of is how all this stuff boils down in a nutshell for me. Because sooner or later, it would be go... Um, in Massachusetts. Ouch. Which... I mean, I guess it's not that out... Uh, like, um... Impossible scratch of that last stuff. So we get emails a lot, talking from, uh, you know, the people out there, the fans out there of the wrong... Of the wrong and right show. That's what I was going to say. Might have to add that one to the blooper reel, too. Um, Of the right and wrong show. So we do get asked time to time what some of the um, wording means that we we use every week. Like some of our go-to catchphrases or or sayings and whatnot. And uh, I guess let's kick it right off with the way uh, we start off every single show with the... Welcome. That one is um, just a good old tribute to one of the greatest sports radio voices of all time, Chris the Mad Dog Russo. He used to open up um, the show with Fat Mike Francesa on the fan there in New York every week with that long, extended good afternoon. (laughs) It was classic, and I just... uh, I love the Mad Dog, and and I figured, let's uh let's give him a little tribute here. Good afternoon, everybody. How are you today? The Mike and the Mad Dog Radio Program. 
Another question we get quite a bit is, why am I always saying, um, you know, with that, with the, with the opening to the show there, this is the show that we try to wake up the woke. And that's just my way of kind of giving a little bit of plug to where it all began. Um, the first piece of public content that I tried to do was, um, you know, just kind of like blog and write some articles and do some stuff like that. And I, um, I made up a, a website and a blog called the wake up the woke page. And that was my, uh, that was my, my first little foray into this stuff. So I did not attach my real name to it because I was still working, um, for the city of Boston and was a little bit nervous that I could maybe get in trouble with my public sector job sitting there, um, writing articles, being critical of a lot of these same political hacks. So I tried to use an alias and came up with a super stealthy, super clever, uh, most genius name of all time and just um, named myself Wesley T. Morland, which was the stupidest thing ever. Uh, I don't know why I didn't get made fun of more for that, but I lived on West Moreland Street. So I thought I was, um, I couldn't think of anything else to call myself. So I wanted to use um, right, in of a, right under a pseudonym and uh, that's the best I could come up with. So, anywho, that's why every week when we start the show, I always say this is the show where we try to wake up the woke. Because that's a little little nod to the old wake up the woke blog. So I know I've been corrected for this um, from time to time from the listeners out there. Uh, when I say the word folks, I um, often pronounce it folks. <laughs> specifically trying to pronounce the silent L in the word. And that one just uh, goes back to me and the truth, just being a little uh, intoxicated one night when we were about 25 or so and just cracking ourselves up on why the L is silent in the word folks. So from that point forward, whenever we're talking to each other, we always like to uh, make each other laugh by saying it folks. <laughs> so that's why I try to, Slip that in from time to time during the show here. Give a little laugh to uh, my producer out there and probably make the rest of you guys cringe. Oh, what about, and with me as always, is producer Juice. So that, believe it or not, is said that way specifically. Um, I'll be honest, I don't think anyone's actually asked on this one, but this might be the one that I enjoy the most. And it's just because I'm obsessed with Mike Myers and... uh, specifically Wayne's World. I just think it's a great, great movie. And if anybody can recall, um, you know, when they got bought up by the Rob Lowe character and they started, you know, they sold out and went to like the studio where they had to produce the show from, they get that cheesy announcer. um, Wayne's World is brought to you by Noah's Arcade. Uh, I probably didn't do that great. I'm sure Juice will find the clip anyways, but... The guy gives them this whole introduction, and remember they changed the song. Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party time, boom, excellent. And and the two of them are just like looking around, all confused because it's like jazzed up version from the one they do. And the guy introduces them, and here's your host, Wayne Campbell, and with him as always is Garth. So then <laughs> later on, when they get in a little fight with each other. Garth brings it back up. And what's this all about? And with him, as always, is Garth. Like, I'm like your little lackey. And he's like all pissed off about it. So um, anyways, long story short, that's the reason why when we start the show, I always say I'm your host, Brian Ruka. And with me, as always, is producer Juice over there. (laughs) So that's where that one comes from. Wayne's World is brought to you by Noah's Arcade. Party on, Wayne. Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party time. Excellent. It's Friday. It's 11.30. It's time to party with your excellent host, Wayne Campbell. And with him, as always, is Garth. Party on, Wayne. And party on, Garth. Wayne's World. What about opening up every show by bringing in our good friend, Mr. Ric Flair? I mean, do I need to explain that any further than he it, than it is? 
to be the man, you have to beat the man, right? And Ric Flair is just the, the man, greatest wrestler of all time, most talented, most charismatic, just great, great persona, and can't do any better than just a classic, woo! So we really, really like uh, the old school WWF wrestling, and we really like um, that NWA stuff with Ric Flair and the WCW. Juicebox was a big NWO guy, so we just like wrestling and the old stuff, and how can you not like Ric Flair? Plus, it's the best when you get those extra clips when he's, woo, 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 showtime, baby, showtime, woo. <laughs> it's awesome, the little quick ones into his, woo, showtime, woo, woo, woo. What about at the end of the show? Why do I always say, thanks for having me, and do it just like that? Well, <laughs> that one is a fun one. So, uh. Mr. Juicebox there, when he did get married, when he pulled the trigger, he had his brother, um, I don't want to out him and, and throw his name out there, um, so I guess we'll just call him Ace. This guy Ace, uh, he was Juice's uh, best man for the wedding, and his brother is kind of the more quiet guy. If you uh, if you get him talking at a party, he's not so quiet, or if you know him well, but you know, not not the stand in front of a crowd and give a speech kind of a guy. Really, really not one of those guys. So um, my man Truthbox, he knows that I like to talk. Shocker, shocker, shocker. So he asked me if I could uh, be on backup and, and have a little something prepared just in case uh, Mr. Ace wasn't, wasn't able to, to go through the day of if he got a little stage fright. So we're hanging up there uh, waiting as the... Yes, the uh, maid of honors giving her message, and he's turn. He turns to me. He's up next, and he's just like, I don't even really know what I'm gonna say here. Uh, he's like spitting off lines to me beforehand, and I'm cracking up. And the kid starts off with, "With those of you who don't hate me already, my name is Ace, and I'm Juice's brother." So got a great laugh from the crowd. I'm sure it loosened him up with the, for those of you who don't hate me already bit, but that was a great one. And then, um, you know, he said some really nice things, got a little sentimental, which you wouldn't expect from this guy either. And then at the very end, when he uh, wrapped up his speech, I guess he, he didn't have the perfect uh, written out way to close it. So he simply said, thanks for having me walked off the stage so uh that's just a little a little shout out to our man there because uh that's just a phenomenal line a great way to end any speaking engagement and uh i thought what better way than to end the pod podcast every week than by giving you an old thanks for having me so what was the idea behind the old uh come on man i mean I think I kind of give you the rundown on that most weeks anyways, but yeah, um, just what else are you going to say? Some of these people are so ridiculous, say the most vulgar, uh, disgusting, ridiculous things that literally, like, I can make fun of them all you want. I could, uh, you know, pick it apart left and right, and we do try to do that, but then ultimately, the last thing left to say to them is just a good, fat, classic, come on, man. Exactly. And what, what what better way to sum it all up than that? Uh, and obviously, you know, the come on, man, comes from Biden's go-to line. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. So I figured, uh, why, not, why not go back down the road here, uh, take a walk back through some of the best stuff that we uh, enjoyed doing this past year on the Right and Wrong Show. So I guess uh, my man there, the truth, was asking, what was some of the stuff that I liked the best during the show this year? And uh, I mean, can we do any better than all the Biden montages that my man's created? Those things are great. I'm, uh, you know, especially fond of ones that get a lot of the, listen, Jack, <laughs> like that stuff, the angry Biden and then just the ridiculous rambles and stuff. So, I mean, he is President Unity after all. So, 
uh, maybe the producer will give us a little treat and, and give us a nice Biden montage because I really enjoyed those this year. Juice? Let me start off with two words. Made in America. This is the United States Camara, for God's sake. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over fact. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know the you know the thing. Thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper, and thank you, Chancellor, or Dr. Paper, and thank you, Chancellor. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? Come on, man. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's a, when you think about it. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to foot him. Uh, foot, foot. I, 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 I'm not kidding. $1.9 trillion relief so far. Look, tomorrow's Super Thursday, Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. Yeah, do you guys ride bikes? Well, they have some that have this thing you put your toe in. It constrains your foot so it doesn't slide up the pedal. When I was getting off the bike, it got stuck on the right side. One of the things that that uh, um, that, the, that the leader of the United States Senate, the Speaker, I mean the House, the Speaker of the House. Rock and I think it's a right for people that have bad health care. Good news is... For me, I'm here. The bad news for you is I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And I want to see these beautiful young ladies. I want to see them dancing when they're four years older, too. Think about it. Don't dismiss it at all. So she mind him. I wrote the bill on the environment. True international the pressure. So end of quote. Repeat the line. The needs of this are very to live to live. And not having the money to pay for it. Not a joke. Think about it. Think about what you'd think about. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. No serious guys to your 30. There's never been anything we've been able to accomplish when we've done it together. As for me, like personal favorite type of stuff, I guess, that that maybe I did. Um, I don't know. I was I was pretty fond of the... Jankowicz story, you know, the um the the miss and disinformation za who was famous for making TikToks of her uh trying to pick apart conservatives. And I thought it was funny of myself to come up with the old spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Uh that whole thing when she was trying to do that and we we replaced it with the syringe full of covid that whole bit so i thought it was kind of funny going dry with it but then when uh the truth box threw the music on the back of it and really made my voice sound um just a a hair better than it typically would uh that really cracked me up and a lot of times he throws in these effects and these stuff um the clips and stuff like after the fact so um you know, if if it's not like the political stuff that we know we're doing, he uh, really can crack me up by slipping in stuff without me knowing ahead of time. And he really got me with the with the Jankowicz spoonful of sugar remix that I did. <laughs> A syringe full of Pfizer keeps the government away, government away, government away. Oh, man. Kamel is definitely one of my favorites. I will definitely admit that uh, going after Kamela is is a favorite pastime of mine. I mean, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, right? She just lays herself up to be just ridiculed and mocked all the time. And, you know, I don't think really any of my impressions are very good, but Kamela I might have a fighting chance with. Because, really, all you got to do is, yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. I mean, when you just, when you laugh and you nod a lot and you say, right, 
and you point your hand out towards the audience and expect them to help you out. That's just the best way to do a Carmela impression because she was that little girl and she was that little girl on that bus. Remember buses. She wants to see be an electric bus. And she just can't wait until that comes. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm good at it. Maybe I'm not. Uh, Juice might have some of the other stuff, too. But I've had a lot of fun kind of going after Carmella this uh, this past year. And I think it's pretty easy. Oh, I can definitely say one of my uh, favorite things that we do. And, uh, again, my man Truthbox there fits it in. And gets me every single time um, with that Fauci laugh. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. It's great. I love it. I love it. Um, that guy's such a jackass. And, you know, to see him propped up by the establishment since COVID began, it's just um, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. So anytime you can make that guy look even dumber or more foolish, I guess, than he is, because I'm sure, like, Book smart wise, I'm sure the guy's smarter than I am. I mean, he is a scientist, right? Um, or no, he is the science actually. So he must be a lot smarter than me, but, um, you know, has no idea how dumb and foolish he makes himself look and how pompous he comes across. So listen, Senator Paul, this is Dr. Fauci here. And you need to wear your mask, double mask if you need to. You can never be that safe or too sure around the holidays, okay? (laughs) Actually, no. (laughs) I definitely think we've had some good come-on mans throughout the uh, past year. Those are definitely pretty fun and funny. Uh, I'm sure sure my man can can hook us up with uh, a sample from a few of them throughout the season. Some of the best ones, maybe. Can we put something like that together? I don't know. Am I putting too much on your plate here, Truth Box? You know, I typically typically got to fill a lot of time with the with the voice here, but I guess I'm leaving you to do most of the work on this one, filling in the gaps with all these extra clips. So I'm sorry to be putting that on you, but, you know, the people need it. The right and wrong audience, they're looking for a come on, man, montage. So if you got something, lay it on us, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the show again, your favorite segment of the day, or maybe second favorite segment of the day now that we've added the rights and wrongs, who knows, but it's the original, the OG of the favorite segments of the day, if you will. It is our, come on, man, segment of the day, and I already highlighted in the open what we're going to be discussing on this one, but you'll never guess what's going on. Apparently, uh, some food supply company that's sponsored by Uber or Amazon or some nonsense like that uh, is coming out with or has come out in honor of Pride Month with an exclusive menu dedicated to those that are in the audience out there aspiring to be bottoms. The ones who have to think about things like what they ate tonight in order to um, (laughs) prepare themselves for uh, sodomy for, for anal penetration. So now that you got that picture in your mind, we're going to play this clip for you and, um, break it down a little bit like only the right and wrong show can. So without further ado, juice, why don't you get us going with that avocado that is in (laughs) bondage gear in the, uh, the peach representing the so-called bottoms out there. (sighs) God help us. What are you eating this pride? Well, if you're a top, it seems like you can eat whatever you want. But if you're a bottom, you're expected to starve? Not this pride. Introducing the bottom-friendly menu from Postmates. We teamed up with Dr. Evan Goldstein from Bespoke Surgical to bring you a menu of bottom-friendly foods backed by science. Insoluble fiber won't help you feel cute, so avoid things like whole grains, wheat bran, cauliflower, potatoes, legumes. Hold up. Are you just fully diving into those beans? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, who? anybody who's going out on a date or, or hanging out with a significant other or something like that, why are you diving into beans anyways? I mean, I'm I'm not trying to do what these people are trying to do, but I'm not diving into any beans either. 
Who wants to be uh, worrying about that when they're trying to get intimate, if you will? <laughs> All right. G- g- go ahead, Juice. W- whatever else we have left. The problem with these foods is they don't dissolve in water, which could cause a traffic jam in your digestive system, making a mess of your evening. Speaking of messy, it's a good idea to avoid dairy. I cannot handle lactose right now. Look at it. If you're going to eat something insoluble, give your body about 24 hours to process all of it. Soluble fibers and protein are the key to having some good, clean fun. These all digest easily and slowly while feeding your good gut bacteria, which makes sushi a great bottom-friendly option. There's no right or wrong way to bottom, but if you're planning on getting peachy this pride, the bottom-friendly menu on Postmates has the kinds of foods that can keep you feeling good. Are you organic? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't know what it says about me. Maybe it's, uh, I, I don't know, but I couldn't help myself but sit here kind of dancing along i was i was bobbing my shoulders fist pumping away just listening to the music i mean i was lucky enough that i wasn't watching the audio i mean the the video uh in full i was only listening to the audio just like you guys but that uh little little theme song the don'ts 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 that kind of was getting to me a little bit catchy there i just wish it wasn't advertising uh bottom friendly foods (laughs) uh Oh, 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 I forgot about that, too. I will give them credit, though, for saying right and wrong. There's no right and wrong way to be a bottom. Uh, yeah, that's true. There is no right way to be. There's a wrong way to be just just being one in general. Sorry. Um, but, oh, man, I can't believe that that's where we've come to in this world, in this day and age, that that's out there. That's a commercial and nobody seems to have a problem with it. Just makes me think of that quote that we used in our episode a while back in the early days of the Right and Wrong show that Mr. John Adams said the Constitution was designed for only, only a moral and religious people. Uh, Somehow I don't think that the proponents of the (laughs) bottom-friendly menu ad and campaign are very moral in, in... just they're definitely not sexually moral they they have no sexual morals so uh I, I guess i can't speak for the rest of it but just judging from that i would uh think that we can at least call them into question so um postmates as you heard in the in the video in the uh audio there you my friends have earned yourselves one big fat classic come on man And that'll do it, mercifully, for today's show. It is our Come On Man segment of the day. And we're going to kind of go back uh, in time a little bit with this one. It's from, you know, maybe six months ago now. But uh, my man Juice brought it back up on Twitter. And uh, we couldn't help but laugh about it this week. From It's a a video from a Microsoft event that they were hosting uh, for like a huge community online and the, <laughs> the virtue signaling woke nonsense is incredible. It's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I think what I say in the beginning there that these people are trying to earn themselves the gold medal in the woke Olympic word jogging type of stuff. So without further ado, why don't we uh, go to the video and hear from these, uh, <laughs> from these Microsoft people. Hello and welcome to Microsoft Ignite. We've got a big day ahead and lots in store for you. First, we want to acknowledge that the land where the Microsoft campus is situated was traditionally occupied by the Sammamish, the Duwamish, the Snoqualmie, the Suquamish, the Muckleshoot, the Snohomish, the Tulalip, and other Coast Salish peoples since time immemorial. My name is Allison Wines. I'm a senior program manager in our developer tools division. I'm an Asian and white female with dark brown hair wearing a red sleeveless top. And I'm Seth Juarez, program manager in the AI platform group. I'm a tall Hispanic male wearing a blue shirt, khaki pants, 
Today, we kick off two days of learning more about the latest solutions, exploring how these key innovations can empower you to do great things, and connecting with peers from around the world. Hello, everyone. I'm Natalia Gadilla. I'm a Caucasian woman with long blonde hair, and I go by she, her. I'm a product marketing lead here at Microsoft and co-host of the podcast Security Unlocked with this guy. Yes, that would be me. Hello, everyone. I'm Nick Fillingham. I'm a Caucasian man with glasses and a beard. I go by he, him, and I'm a security evangelist here at Microsoft. <laughs> yes, that that is real life. Ah, oh my God, I love it. That guy, how about the, the guy with the blue shirt and khaki pants? He was so proud of himself that he had that on for an outfit today. You know, he was like pumped when he got to work and he realized that it was uh, video shoot day. He was like, yes, today's the day that I wore those blue, that's this blue polo or in these khaki, khaki pants that I have on. Oh, thank goodness it wasn't my uh, X-Men t-shirt and uh, sweatpants that I typically would be wearing. <laughs> what a tool that guy is. He loved it, though. So happy about it. Uh khakis she sounds hideous <laughs> and how about the other one there uh you i mean you guys gotta see this video hopefully we can post it somewhere again like i said the the uh juice box there had it up on his twitter juice box 1423 but uh how about that other guy <laughs> nick Fillahim towards the end there notice that he conveniently left out the fact that he has a god-awful mohawk he mentions that he's got glasses, a beard, he identifies as he, or whatever he said, but he leaves out that mohawk. And I wonder if he left it out because it is culturally insensitive to those Native American tribes that were mentioned at the beginning of this video. Or maybe it's just because that's a ridiculous haircut for a 40-something-year-old man to try and wear if he uh, wants people to take him seriously. A mohawk, you know, is what? 12-year-old boys get for summer vacation. <laughs> okay, Nick, the fact that the, that people like this are in charge at major companies is extremely troubling. These people are the products of a severely, severely broken education system in America. And this is just not sustainable for the long-term success of our country here. <laughs> it's not. I don't know. This is a fun segment, typically. <laughs> we like to poke poke a little fun and uh and and you know make fun of these ri the ridiculous people on the left but i don't think it's any laughing matter here these days to you know keep picking on people like this so i figured if if i can't pick on them why not just join them and maybe i could start delivering my message here on the right and wrong podcast you know in the same way that they would deliver a message coming from them so here here we go i i I'll try and see if I can do it like they can. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to the Come On Man segment of the day. First, I'd like to acknowledge that I'm recording on land that traditionally belonged to the Wampatog, the Narragansett, and the Warrens. My name is Brian Rooker. I'm an immature podcaster trying to make a living doing this here thing that I'm doing. <laughs> I'm a peach mammal who is native to America, born and raised in America, who identifies as an American. I'm wearing a backwards black cap to hide my bald head. I have a mediocre-looking beard, and I carry around a dad bod with me. My pronouns are nope, no way, not happening. Over there is producer Juice. He identifies as Truth. He's wearing a black shirt with black shorts with a black hat and black sneakers. He's the original inventor of the Atkins diet and a founding member of the Donnie's fan club. He's got some badass tattoos and he is locked and loaded to protect his family from any intruders dumb enough to target his house. I'm providing this kind of programming to help enable you to feel confident rejecting the nonsense that is forced on our culture from the left. Hopefully, you'll subscribe to our show and help us grow a realistic community of normal, non-bath-salt-sniffing people that just want to return our country to the common-sense principles that once made us great. Stay tuned to the show, okay? <laughs> I don't know. How did I do there, Juice? Do you think I, I pulled it off? Can I fit in with these Microsoft nerds? I don't know. Well, if I can't, if they're going to reject me, then I might as well beat them to the punch. So, Microsoft nerds, 
doing your woke jogging virtue signaling nonsense. I got nothing else to say to you guys except... Come on, man. And that'll do it for today. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And I cannot wait to get to this one. It comes courtesy of the new documentary film by Mr. Matt Walsh of The Daily Wire titled, What is a Woman? We're going to play clips from um, one of the people that Matt was able to interview throughout the documentary. And man, it is something you need to hear to believe. So without further ado, why don't we uh, take it away, Juice, and let this um, crazy lady introduce herself for us. My name is Michelle Forcier, um, and I have a medical degree from University of Connecticut Residency, University of Utah Pediatrics, and I've worked for a number of different Planned Parenthoods for 20 years. I do advanced contraception and abortion, as well as gender hormones, and sort of looking at the whole sort of schema of gender, sex, and and reproductive um, justice. Wow, what an introduction she gave herself there, huh? Uh, (laughs) That is, uh, that's an impressive list of... Absolutely nothing. Crazy buzzwords and uh, credentials, which we covered last week on the show, means absolutely nothing to us here on the Right and Wrong show. Let her get going and you'll see how valuable those credentials really are. I'd rather uh, get that guy from There's Something About Mary when he just says, I'm a pizza delivery boy. Name's Norm. Hi. (laughs) Just give me one of those instead of her rambling nonsense. But why don't we jump, jump on to the next part of the the uh, clip there, Juice. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's research and data that show that um, babies and infants um, understand differences in gender. Some children figure out their gender really early. And the reason why we are say, oh, that's, that's interesting or important is because they're figuring out their gender identity is not necessarily congruent with their sex assigned at birth. <laughs> what? Yeah. How about that little like like noise she made at the beginning of the uh of her answer to yeah 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 <laughs> whatever that was. But did babies are figuring it out at what? No, no, they're not. You know what figures it out? Penises or vaginas. That's all it is. Stop overcomplicating this. And she thinks she's a genius with this stuff. Real proud of herself, sophisticated, with her fancy blue hair. Ugh. All right. Keep going, Juice. When the, when the doctor sees the penis and says, this is a male, has the sex of male, that's an arbitrary distinction. Telling that family, based on that little penis, that your child is absolutely 100% male identified, no matter what else occurs in their life, that's not correct. Yes, it is. It's correct. That little penis, whether it's little, huge, medium, whatever it may be, that is the greatest indication that it's a boy. No matter what else happens in that child's life, no matter what other things this person goes on to encounter or experience or whatever else she wants to talk about, that child is and always will be a male. What's the gender affirmation process? Affirmation means that as a pediatrician, as someone who says my job is to provide the best medical care for you, is I need to listen really carefully. Did you notice how she started talking to him the way she would talk to one of her, one of the children that is is there to see her? Yeah. Yeah. See, I want to talk about affirmation means whatever it is in front of me that we're gonna discover so manipulative absolutely absurd i'll let her keep going and how i put it in words for kids so that they can understand it is tell me your story where have you been in terms of your gender and your gender identity where are you right now and more excitingly where would you like to be in the future Yeah, more excitingly for her, because that's her time to tell them where she would like them to be in their future, (laughs) because she's going to coach them and push them into changing, trying, trying to change the whatever sex they actually are at that moment, because that's her objective. That is her agenda. And that's her goal when she has these kids coming to see her. At what age does the medical transition begin with uh, medication? So medical affirmation begins when the patient says they're ready for it. So that could be 
a, a kiddo who is just starting puberty and panicking because they're getting breast buds or their penis is getting bigger and busier and they're worried about all kinds of masculine changes. And that way, puberty blockers, which are completely reversible. No, no, they're not. And don't have permanent effects are wonderful because we can put that pause on puberty. Just like if you were listening to music, you put the pause on and we stop the blockers and puberty would go right back to where it was. The next note in the song just delayed that period of time. You can't pause puberty, you psycho. What is wrong with this lady? She seriously believes that? Get out of here with that. This is insane. This woman should have her medical license taken away from her. She should lose all credibility and status that she has within the psychiatric community. But nope, she's going to be she's going to be praised. I'm sure. Actually, I haven't even looked into it since this aired. Uh, It's been less than a week, but I'm sure she's already a victim. I'm sure she's already claiming uh, um, that she's being bullied, harassed, whatever. I'm, I'm sure people have found her somewhere on Twitter, on social media, and um, told her what she should have been told a hell of a long time ago. Let's finish it up here, Juice, with, the, with this one last little clip. One of the drugs used is Lupron, right, which mm-hmm. has actually been used to chemically castrate sex offenders? You know what? I'm not sure that we should continue with this interview because it seems like it's going in a particular direction. Well, you're a medical professional. I am a medical professional. So you don't want to talk about the drugs that you give to kids or? Again, I'm a physician and I use medication. You're choosing exploitive words, drugs I give to kids. I'm choosing a chemical word that was in a dictionary. That's not a correct term for puberty blocking. I I could like look it up on my phone, but I'm pretty sure if I looked it up, like, you you can look it up on your phone. It says medical definition, the administration of a drug to bring about a marked reduction in the body's production of androgens and especially testosterone. And I'm saying, as a pediatrician who takes care of hundreds of these kids, when you use that terminology, you are being malignant and harmful. I mean, there are some who would say that giving chemical castration drugs to kids is malignant and harmful. It's about the context of caring for a child and, and seeing the... The suffering that kids can have that have not been in affirmative home situations. Wow. Yeah, we here on the Right and Wrong Show would call it chemical castration. Yep, we're we're in favor of that um, terminology being used here. Doctor, sorry that you don't like um, calling a spade a spade. Like, is what it is. What are you doing to these children? And the the manipulation of words there with calling it gender-affirming drugs or whatever she said, that healthcare, um, it's not affirming their gender. It's actually lying about their gender. It's, It's teaching them to avoid their psychological problems. It's teaching them to avoid what's at the root of the problem here. And for her, like, for her to actually sit there and think, you start putting, like, a 12-year-old, 13-year-old on drugs like that, you think you're going to be able to pick back up with puberty when they decide at 25 years old that, you know what, they want to go back to being who they actually are? We're going to have have 25-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds walking around going through puberty? Get out of here with that. Ugh. I'm sorry, Michelle Fossier. 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 Whatever the hell your name is. You are a complete psycho, and I would want you nowhere near my children. I don't think you should be near anybody's children and i think you should be um in a jail cell somewhere so you my friend the least of your worries today is the fact that you're getting one big old fat come on man okay and this is gonna uh you know put a bow on this christmas go home episode of the right and wrong show we truly, truly, truly appreciate all you fans out there that listen and tune in every week. Um, couldn't do it without you. That that definitely gives the uh, encouragement to to me to continue to keep going because sometimes it's um, you know I wonder if if it's if it's worth it or not if people are actually enjoying it. Uh, you know I can be a a, a tough self critic, um, so it definitely helps with the positive encouragement that I get on a personal note from a lot of you out there. I wouldn't be able to keep doing this if we didn't have those. So I really appreciate that. Uh, I do appreciate that you guys actually tune in and listen every week. 
If we didn't have that, it'd just be me talking to um, my buddy and my wife every every week, and that's about it. So thankfully, you guys are all tuning in, and please just help share the show around with some of your friends. Um, you know, put us up there on your social media pages if you uh, have the guts to do that. But we're on Apple, Spotify. We have a YouTube page. Um, hopefully, we get some more stuff coming down the down the pipeline next next year, and. You know, we need need to help make this thing grow. So we need your support to do that. So please give us a like, give us a review, write in a write in a review on Apple there. Give us five stars. That really helps. Um and you know, the show's gonna take off in twenty twenty three, baby. I can feel it. So with that being said, God bless everybody out there in the audience. Hope you have a wonderful, merry, merry Christmas. Um, and I hope you can spend some good time with uh with all your loved ones out there. Until 2023, my name's Brian Ruka. Over there is the Truth Box, Juice Manzada. And the only thing we have left to say to you this year is thanks for having us. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Um, so, uh, I, Come on, man. What are we talking about? Um, a penis. The right and wrong show, okay? Um, um, the right and wrong show, okay? Um, um, Come on, man. What are we talking about? Um, so, uh, Come on, man. What are we talking about? Um, a penis. The right and wrong show, okay? Um, um, the right and wrong show, okay? Um, um, Come on, man. What are we talking about? Um, so, uh, Come on, man. What are we talking about? Um, a penis. The right and wrong show, okay? Um, um, the right and wrong show, okay? Um, um,